to Feed the Sheep Podcast. I am your host, Ross Steele. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Before we get started, as always, I want to glorify God in all that we do. So we're going to start in a blessing and a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the life that you've given us. Thank you for the things that you've taken from us, Lord, because your will and your plan for our lives is far greater than our own. God, I just want to uh, pray an anointing over this word that's going to be brought. Uh, pray for clarity and discernment and knowledge and your wisdom through this. And for those who are listening today, Lord, just be with them. Uh, soften their hearts, prepare their hearts for what is to be said, Lord. And may we always glorify you in all that we do in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, this is yet another bonus episode. Uh, <laughs> And typically when I when I give you a bonus episode, it's because I just think it's so good. Like I, I think it needs spoken. I think it needs shared and I don't want to wait. And that's probably downfall. Um, I have no patience, but, but I really uh, am believing that the Lord puts this on my heart and I just kind of go with it. I, I, I study, I do some um, uh, scripture studying and, and I really just try to dissect uh, the word that is brought to me. Um, that word today uh, was actually shared with me from uh, our, my past buddy who was on here, my past friend uh, Andy who was on here in my last episode, my last bonus episode. Um, and it was, it was the idea of, of what does it mean? It was the question, what does it mean to fear God? Um, and there's there's misconceptions and there's real conceptions and everything else um, that we really just need to identify. And I dove into the word a little bit. Um, and I even, you know, listened to some podcasts and I, and I went to my, my mentor, Micah, um, and really just dove in. And I was like, I want to get this right uh, in the best way possible. And then I just took it to the Lord and I was like, Lord, what do you want to be said? So, um, uh, I think that what it means to fear God is it's pretty easy to uh, explain, to, to uh, recompense, and, um, but it's not always easy to fully grasp and understand. Um, and, and we're going to get into that, but first I wanted to, to mention uh, two or three verses that I think are pretty critical um, to the matter. There's so many um, things that you can uh, find, so many verses you can find in the Bible, in Scripture, about uh, fear and fear of God. And I think with fear of God, you can find just about um, around 300, a little over 300 um, references to the fear of the Lord um, in Scripture, which is which is pretty remarkable for, um, you know, the common idea of like fear is like, you know, thou shalt not fear. Uh, to, to not fear, to not worry, to uh, cast all your worries upon the Lord. Um, those are all kind of based around fear. So then we're like, well, the fear of the Lord, that doesn't make much sense. Why, why would he want us to fear him? Well, um, that whole idea is, is just a misconception. Um, and we're going to get into that. And first, first things first is uh, Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's break that down a little bit. The fear of the Lord. When we fear the Lord, 
what do we gain? Well, right here, it's the beginning of knowledge. It's not the full knowledge, it's just the beginning. And for those who don't like wisdom or instruction and, and want to do it their own way because their way is the highway, um, it's their way or no way, and that's that, well, they're fools. And fools are easily uh, easy to come by, very easy to come by in the world. Um, so many people, it's their way or no way, um, but the, the, and, and it's their truth, and their truth is the only truth that matters. The problem with that though, guys, is it's not your truth. It is your feelings, it's your thoughts, it's your opinions, but I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, you, you have every right to have your opinion, but I'm gonna break it down real, for you real quick. The only truth that matters in the world is that of the Lord. And you find it in scripture. And right here, it starts with the fear of the Lord because that brings the beginning of knowledge and you build off of that. Going on to Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Turning a person from the snares of death. And I, and I mentioned that one because they're both in Proverbs. However, they're you know 13 chapters apart, yet they, they go together so well. You look back at Proverbs 1 and it's talking about how it's the beginning of knowledge, yet you go to Proverbs 14 and saying how it's a fountain of life and it's turning a person from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord doesn't fully save you from the snares of death, but it turns you from the snare of death, if that makes sense. When I say turn, um, Pastor Michael Michael Todd, he he talks about repentance a lot, and how it's not some grand, huge, remarkable thing that needs done, but how repentance is a simple act of turning. All you do, you're walking one way to repent, skirt, take a take a detour. We're gonna turn. We're gonna turn from that uh, from that path. We're gonna we're gonna turn from that idea. We're gonna turn from uh, this act, whatever it is. And when we put those together, it's Proverbs one is the beginning of knowledge, and then Proverbs fourteen at the end, it's the, it's turning a person from the snares of death. So when we have the fear of the Lord, the beginning of knowledge, and turning from the snares of death, they're they're the same thing. If you take it and you break it down and you really think about it, how that's just the beginning of knowledge. And in Proverbs 14, it's telling you to turn. It, it's turning a person from the snares of death, which the beginning of knowledge is repentance. And the turning of a person from the snares of death is repentance. It gives you, uh, it, kind of, it kind of is like a, um, you know, we have these, Teslas and these self-driving cars and whatever. Well, if you're going the wrong way, uh, that car is going to turn for you. It's going to correct your path. And essentially, the fear of the Lord is that automated system. When when we fear God, when we have the fear of the Lord, it brings us life. It's the beginning of knowledge. It it, it turns us from the snares of death. I mean, it, it grants us wisdom and instruction. There's so much behind it. There's like a, it's the beginning of the, it's like the table of comment, contents in, a, in, in an instruction manual for a, for a car or for a whatever. Uh, it's the beginning of knowledge. 
It turns you from the snares of death. It is that repentance. And that's just the beginning. When we're going to move on to Psalm, and Psalm, this is where we're going to spend most of our time uh, today in this episode. And in Psalm 147, we're going to be in verses 10 and 11 specifically, but Psalm 147, and here it says, His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. We'll read that again, just a more clarification. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. When we have hope in his steadfast love and those who fear him, they go together. They're one and the same. They're synonyms of each other. When you fear him, you have hope in him. When you have hope in him, you fear him. But we're going to break it down a little bit uh, throughout this uh, episode of this verse specifically. And I want to say, just start off by saying like the, the, the common misconception, which I was referring to earlier, but the common misconception and image of Jesus is, is if you've ever been to DC, and if you haven't, you can look it up on Google, but you have this, this guy, this, the, I believe it's Abraham Lincoln sitting in this huge chair, and it's just an absolute monstrous um, statue of Abraham Lincoln chilling in a chair. Very, very, very big, very large, massive uh, structure. And I think that oftentimes um, we view Jesus as this physically huge person, this unreachable person uh, that is just sits in this massive chair. He sits on the th- upon the throne, yes but that he sits on this massive chair waiting for us to mess up so he can whack us on the head or whack us uh, on the behind and whatever it is uh, to physically fear him and be afraid of coming to him. But that is so far from the truth. He's not just sitting there. He's not, Jesus, when he was here on this earth, Jesus wasn't this, this absolute large monstrous man. He wasn't, he wasn't even as big as the rock if you want to look at it that way, uh, he was he was one in the flesh with us. He was just like us. And the thing is, he's not just waiting for us to mess up. He doesn't want to punish us. However, there are consequences to our actions, and we deserve that. But what what we don't deserve, which is his forgiveness, which is where grace comes from and there's so much grace behind him but what is the fear of God what sense are we to fear God the fear that brings God pleasure is not our being afraid of him but our having a high and exalted reverential view of him it's not the act of being afraid that brings him pleasure. It is us having that high and exalted view of him. To fear the Lord is to stand in awe 
It is to stand in awe of his majesty, his power, wisdom, justice, and mercy, especially, especially in Christ, in his life, death, and resurrection, and to have an exalted view of God. To see God in all his glory and then respond to him appropriately. To see him in all his glory, to have an exalted view of him, to stand in awe. That is the basis of of what it means for us to to fear God, to, to fear the Lord. And it's to humble ourselves before him. That's something, I believe me, I promise you, we will get into this more uh, as, I, as I branch out and talk about our seven deadly sins, um, the episode of pride, but to humble ourselves before him. So often, it's so, so, so easy for us, and I'll speak from firsthand, to, to have this idea. It's like a child, when they're, when they're grown up, their favorite word is no or mine. And we think we deserve everything. We think we deserve this. We think we deserve that. When we don't get it, then we're upset. And when we do get it, then then we are self-idolatry because we did that. We accomplished this. We accomplished that. But we couldn't do anything without him. It's to humble ourselves before him, to adore him, to adore him, to stand in awe of him. We tend, we tend very, very easily, I believe this full-heartedly, that we tend to be, to be in awe of a worldly power, talent, intelligence, and beauty. But these things, I'm, hear me out, these things do not impress God. They do not impress God because his delight is not in the strength of the horse, the mighty armies, the worldly power nor his pleasure in the legs of a man, human strength. Bringing it right back there to Psalm 147. We're, we're in awe of everything that is physically obtainable that we can touch and feel and put our hands on that is, that is of this world. Yet, we, we're not in awe of him who created it. It's not just here, guys. <laughs> God created it. It is here by him, because of him. Yet we're in such awe of that. We should be more in awe of the Lord. We should have more fear of the Lord. We should fear the Lord by respect, reverence, having him exalted and be high above all else because he is. And his delight is not the strength of the horse. Right back to Psalm 147. It's not the strength of the horse, which you can see as the mighty armies or the worldly power or the money, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. That's the human strength that we see in our world. Yet the enemy, and and here's something I want you to really, really take in and think about here, that the enemy falls to its knees when God comes into play. The enemy fears the Lord. Yet, so many Christians don't even flinch when he comes into the picture. They don't even flinch. How, how is it that we do this? How? 
We don't have the fear of the Lord, yet we fear the world. We fear death. We fear, we fear failure. We feel, we fear uh, embarrassment or, or, or you know, being made a fool of. We fear uh, just, I mean, everything. Rejection, loss, pain, suffering, fear of, of losing it all. What are we really truly holding back on? I mean, what is what is fearing of the world? What has that ever brought to anybody? If anything, it just holds you back. Yet when we fear the Lord, it shoots us forward because we hold him exalted. We hold him high. Yet when we fear the world instead of the Lord, it makes no sense because the Lord is far greater than the world. The Lord created the world. He created everything in it, yet we're fearing the world. He created it. Quit fearing the world. It's temporary. What is eternal is God. What is eternal is life in heaven. What is eternal is Him. So quit putting all your trust and fear into the world and put it in him. Put your fear in him. Put your trust in him. Fear the Lord today. Fear the Lord. But not in a way that is 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 a physical afraidness. I want to encourage you to have this respect and reverence of the Lord. Not not the outright terror that you think of when you think of fear. This is, the, this is the, the, the difference between being a Christian and being a man or woman of God. Various scriptures explain that the proper fear, which is the respect for, the respect of God, leads to full, complete lives and bright futures. So, I want to leave you with this today. Rather than paralyzing terror, the positive fear of the Lord taught in the Bible is a key element in change. It is a key element in change. And notice how it says the positive, notice, notice how I said the positive fear of the Lord taught in the Bible, which the Bible is him. It is his truth. It is the truth. It is the only truth. So the positive fear of the Lord taught in the Bible is a key element in change. It helps us have a proper, humble perspective of ourselves in relation to our awesome, incredible, miraculous God. It helps us in times of temptation when we need to remember the serious consequences of disobeying God. And it motivates us to become more like our loving Creator. And when we become more like Him, we can far easier take on the things of this world, which are only temporary. But to do that, we need to take it back to what is fear of God. What does that mean? It's, it's, not, it's not our being afraid. It's not our outright terror. It's being in awe. Stand in awe. Having a high and exalted reverential view of Him. Stand in awe of his majesty, of his power, wisdom, justice, and mercy, especially in his life, death, and resurrection. 
That is what it means to fear God today. And not just today, but every day. To humble yourself before him, to adore him, to not be afraid and, and worry of the things of this world because it's temporary, but to fear him in awe of him, to adore him because his majesty, his power, his wisdom, his justice and mercy has overcome it all. And he sits on the throne waiting for us to come to him, to love him, to lean on him in those times. And I want to encourage you to do that today. If you feel that you may not have the correct view of what it means to fear God, I hope that you can walk away today with some new perspective. That is all I want. I want to glorify him in all that I do. And I want you to glorify him in all that you do. To properly do that, we must humble ourselves. We must adore him. We must be and stand and sit and lay in awe of him and all that he is. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this message. Thank you for uh, just giving me the opportunities that I have, Lord, and, and giving me the, the wisdom and the knowledge that I pray for every single day, Lord, to continue to, to spread your word, to, to, to dissect your word in times that people need and, and to truly uh, break it down for those who, who need it most. For those who are listening today who felt, um, who felt a connection, who felt you there, and those maybe who didn't even feel you, Lord, but really felt a connection to the word that was brought, I pray that you just be with them to continue to guide them and help them to dissect this for themselves. I encourage them, for, Lord, to, to break it down themselves and, and journal and pray about it and, and talk to you about it because ultimately you have the final say. You are high and mighty. You are powerful and wise. You are justice and you are provide us mercy. And I thank you for that today, Jesus. May you be glorified in all that we do as we go out and love others today. In your name. Amen.